Welcome back to King Rose Court on a shitty, rainy Dublin day. Episode 16 is coming and um, we're back to the phones. I can't wait for this one, it's going to be a good one. But first, because congratulations to the Dublin Gaelic football men's and women's teams. Historic, historic weekend for the Dublin team. Uh, five in a row for the men, which has never been done before. And three in a row for the ladies. Fantastic achievement. Uh, well done. I wouldn't be the biggest GAA fan. But I appreciate history when it's made. So, well done. Anyways, um, thanks again for listening to my last podcast with Keith Fay of Crewcon. Uh, they played a stormer in the Button Factory uh, with um, Waylander and my good friends Celtigore. And it'll be another year before you see them play. <laughs> but also check out their their new video as well, which is available on uh, YouTube as well. But today we're going back up to the murky, murky uh, north, <laughs> where a lot of my friends are from. This band are, have just exploded, um, and they're doing really, really well at the minute. And they're uh, a bunch of lovely lads, and we played... Bloodstock with them in 2016 and they haven't stopped since so uh, all the way from Lisbon we are going to be talking to Andy Clark from The Crawling enjoy
And that was still no sun by my guests today, the crawling. And I am very, very happy to finally, finally get this band, or at least one of the lads chatting to me today. Andy from The Crawling, thank you for chatting with me today. How are you? Oh, thanks for having me on, man. Absolutely, it's it's uh, it's been too long, too long since we are tried to organise this thing. <laughs> I know. I think I think it must be about yeah, about two months into trying to do this. So yeah. finally getting calendars to work out is uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's great. Thanks a million. Um, so that was uh, as I said, I was I was saying that's the track still still no sun, and that's from um, Wolves and the Hideous White, yeah. Of the album there was out, I don't know what time, what months at nine. Last November we brought that out, so mm. that's um, our new single from it. Pretty hefty. Soon. Hey, you're, you're, you're bringing a video yeah. out for that, yeah? Yes, we are. Um, it was, it's coming out on the 23rd of September. So Lovely, so not too not too far away, actually. That's that's awesome. And you've, uh, I, I'm, I was, again, doing my homework in the last couple of days. You have some deadly videos, I have to say. Oh, thanks very much. Yeah, uh, I like I like the video thing. Um, been in the band a long time, as I'm sure you know. So mm-hmm. the sort of the way the industry's changed over the last ten years, it's all sort of gone very video based. So it's sort of new to me compared to whenever I started playing in the late nineties. So yeah, I'm really quite enjoying the video side of it. So and um, would you get the same guys to 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 collaborate with, or would you get different people each time? Or no, it's always the same. It's uh, me. Oh, cool. <laughs> uh, and uh, my wife Carrie, she um, is a photographer by trade. Oh, Carrie uh, Clark, yeah. Shadows, yeah, Carrie Clark, yeah. Excellent photographer, does, by the way. Yeah. She's, yeah, yeah, no, she does sterling work. So um, as her obviously as her photography progressed, it was kind of once it was realised that can those cameras do video? She's like, <laughs> yeah, I think so. I was like, I think we should look into this. So um, it forced her to learn how to do video. So she shoots all the videos. Excellent. And I edit it. That's brilliant. I was walking. What was it? What was I was walking at one. I'm sorry I didn't write the name of it down last night. Now the one where you're surrounded by a lot of pictures of Jesus and all that one. What's that one? Oh yeah, um, acid on my skin. That's fantastic. That's a great video. <laughs> yeah, that's actually great. When you were talking about that the other night, that's Carrie's favorite video. That's the one that sort of came out the way she had it in her mind as to what it was going to look like. So brilliant. It looks the business. Yeah, can... I have to say now. Yeah, it came out well that one. Um, some of them work better than others, but say we're mm. we're still learning the video thing. Obviously, none of us are professional on any level when it comes to it, so you just have to sort of get an idea and roll that. Yeah, it comes out well. Fantastic. Well, look, I'm gonna bring it right back because, like I say, there may or may not be someone who may not have heard about heard your band, heard of the crawling before. They might be living yep. under a fucking rock. I don't know, but sure. Look, <laughs> you never know. But do me a favour, go right back to the start and briefly just give me a little brief kind of history of the band and how you got together and that kind of stuff. Um, well, let me see, what year is this now? 2019. I think it was 2015 mm-hmm. we started, basically. Um, and it was all down to Stuart. Um, I used to be in Honey for Christ, if you recall, 30 years ago. I do. Uh, it came to a sort of natural end, kind of. Um, and I didn't bother with bands for about three years. And then Stuart contacted me out of the blue. Um, I've known Stuart for 20 years, 25 years, but I see him on and off. <laughs> and he was like, look, the fancy playing a bit of heavy metal. Do you want to do something? And I was I was a bit on the fence about it. And I was like, well, what, you, what do you want to do? And he was like, look, it's just, we'll just bang out a couple of covers, a bit of in tune, a bit of bold floor. We'll get the younger room and just a couple of old guys just playing some death metal. <laughs> So I hemmed, hemmed and hard about it and I thought, okay, why not? So we learned a couple of covers, he got a line-up together and um, that was our first practice. And yeah, it was cool. 
and um, and then after a couple of practices later, I sort of I think we had two rehearsals, just playing covers and stuff, and it was fun. But um, I sort of went back into control freak mode and was like, <laughs> uh, maybe we'll do some of this. Do you fancy writing some of our own material and maybe maybe being one of those bands, maybe does gigs? <laughs> so. Um, Yes, I was like, yeah, could. So I basically took over, and between the two of us, we removed the majority of the lineup and replaced it. <laughs> Brilliant. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's basically how the crawling started. And so it was, it was supposed to be just kind of infrequent, and you know, just to possibly play some gigs the odd time. But oh, yeah. you know yourself. I do. Being out of band, once you once you start doing these things, it yeah. kind of takes on a life of its own. That's like t- like two thousand hours when you meant to be like a two uh, like a two EP thing. You know, it was like a side yeah. project, so and then it became on more of itself. So I get what you're saying to a point, obviously. I know Gary, the drummer, takes the mic out. I mean, I just I remember because he drums in Zombified, mm-hmm. and he's one of the one of the best extreme drummers up in Northern Ireland, certainly. He is. Absolutely. And I remember chatting to him, having a drink somewhere, and it was like, "Look, do you want to come and help us out?" And it was like, "No pressure, no couple of gigs a year, just practice when you want, you know." <laughs> gigs whenever you like just you know what I mean there's no money involved you know <laughs> he sort of quotes me on it it was like I'm, I'm about five thousand pounds into this band <laughs> you know so you, uh, you have to do it though don't you to you, to make to get to that level you do have to put the money and the effort in you really do oh I mean yeah I mean you, you can't you can't stop now especially in, in the world of social media and the internet you know it's if if you don't keep doing something on a daily basis almost like you're just yeah. forgotten about you yeah. know and um, I just want to bring, go back a bit to what you were saying. Like your your old band, Honey for Christ, were one of the, I suppose one of the legends of of Belfast up north, weren't they? Really for years. Yeah, yeah. I think because we started the sort of late ninety eight, we started, and there was like four or five core bands in Belfast. Yeah. Um, that sort of did anything, and we were one of them. You know, we you know, at the time like playing gigs down south was a huge deal. Like you know, holy crap! Like you know, <laughs> Dublin, this is amazing. You know, and we got the we have the fair bit of running about Europe and um, fair play. Yeah, it was cool. And yeah. I mean, yeah, like I mean, you I would see you guys as probably one of the bands up north to pave the way for bands up for younger bands up there as well. Like you know, when you think about it, so like you know, I I mean, I, one of the names that always came up when we'd be hearing about bands from up there was Homie for Christ. Like so. Yeah. Well, I think it was just because we were hung about a fair bit too. You know, we were thirteen years in. You know, yeah. And we, we were we were always very active, and um, so relatively speaking, the recordings were quite good, and we put like a decent amount of stuff compared to a lot of bands at the time where nobody was really recording anything. Yeah. A, again, typical. You know, the money involved, and that's it. There was no such thing as CD burners whenever we started. <laughs> mind MP3s. You know, it yeah. just wasn't the dumb thing. You know, so you have the. The added expense and hassle of working out how to record something, how to get duplicated, you know, how to create anything on yeah. that sort of format. You know, we had to we had to learn the whole thing. So fair play. Um, yeah, no, it was good. It was good fun. And um, what 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 band was Stuart in before as well? He was in a big band as well. What was his band again? Um, I can't remember the name of them actually. <laughs> I thought you might remember them. <laughs> Yeah, um, what was I saying? Stuart was in the... What band was Stuart in again? Stuart was in Severance. Um, death metal band, sort of from Lisburn, early to mid-90s. That would have been uh, one of the biggest things he did. He played in a couple of other bands after that. Um, right. Sort of he moved into like a hardcore sort of side as well. So. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, but yeah, yeah, to be honest, I'm not really sure what he did. I, I know he played... He started off in 
Basin Severance, and like they had a tape out at the time, which was like again it was huge because like nobody had anything recorded, let alone on a cassette, you know, it was yeah. amazing, and um, which I still have somewhere. <laughs> and um, and then he played guitar and a couple of other bands, and uh, I can't remember exactly what exactly what they get up to. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. But so you know, I don't think he, I don't think he played for must fifteen twenty years, I think. Wow. Again. So you got him back out of his slump, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. Fair play. He must have just, he just, he just had that midlife crisis that we all take. You know, at forty, <laughs> and was like, oh no, no, I have to do something. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Andy, where did the, the name come from? Yeah, is there any reasoning behind the name or behind it? Um, yeah, it, it was actually my brother Pete. Um, came up with it. He's he was um singing for Zombified at the time, and it was actually a track he had written. Um, called the crawling, oh. and it was a sort of slow, deathy sort of track he had. I can't remember exactly. And then the track never saw the light of day, and um, he left Zombified and all that. And then when we started the band, we were trying to come up with names, and Pete was like, "You should use that song title I had for Zombified, the crawling. It would really suit the music." And I was like, "Yeah, absolutely." It does. It really does. <laughs> yeah, it works very well because I think previous to that, we were rated the K with the original lineup. Oh. For like. <laughs> say whenever we decided to change it into something else, we just scrapped the name, scrapped everything, and started all over again. Yeah, and it it's a, it's a, it's a really noticeable name, and it really works as well with the music, especially. Yeah, I think it suits the music well, you know, and it's um it, it's done quite well with you know obviously the whole internet thing with searching and stuff like that it hasn't been too bad because obviously if you name yourself something obvious, you know, you're you're just gonna be lost in search engines, like. You know? Yeah. Um, this is why Honey for Christ work well. <laughs> There's nobody <laughs> else in the band called that or an eight-legged. <laughs> true, true. Um, so uh, you, you brought out Anatomy of Loss. Yes. That was, that, that, was, that was well received, wasn't it? That was really well received. Yeah, yeah, it did, it did, it did extremely well. Um, I mean, it's still, actually, funny, I sent a copy of that out. It was an album shirt the other day. Excellent. In America, it was like, good. It's okay, it's still selling. People are still interested. Okay. That's fantastic. And come here, um... What was I gonna say to you? Um, I'm losing my train of thought here because I'm still fucking half asleep, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> and the the course, the kids don't help either, you know. <laughs> oh, I know. Um, the artwork actually, I don't want to go on to the the uh, the wolves and the hideous white. That artwork is fantastic. Did who did the artwork for that? Uh, Travis Smith. I don't know if you're familiar. He does the artwork for Opeth, Catatonia. Oh yeah, and um, yeah. Sort of band, sort of peaceful band. So back in the yeah, they still does them all like, but I knew him from the peaceful sort of things when yeah, late nineties. It was always, always loved Travis Works artwork. Travis Smith's artwork. I just think mm. it's fantastic. It looks the business, and, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was again one of those sort of drunken things you decide to do when you're sitting in front of a laptop at two in the morning. <laughs> and I was like, I'm just going to message Travis Smith and Bollocks to it. I'm just going to see how much it actually is. Is it even doable? And um, so I just dropped him an email and was like, mate, love your work. Loved it since forever. Uh, is there any chance you'd be able to help me out with a, with a cover? And he was he was amazing. You know, he really he really worked with us. Um, um, extremely affordable in the end, which, again, kind of surprised him because this guy designs albums for yeah. biggest, some of the biggest extreme metal bands there are. Absolutely. And um, yeah, so... And then obviously when we did um, Wolves and Hideous White, um, I just went straight back to him. I didn't even think about anyone else, just went straight back. I was like, yep, look, would you have a name for this? And I gave him the concept. 
and he was like, yep, loving this, leave it with me. And then he came back with, uh, I think there were four versions. Wow. And um, picked the one that made the cover, obviously. Fantastic. And I love the colours and all of it. It's just real, it's... I don't know. It's yeah. just there's something special about it. It it it, it looks the business. I, I don't know. I've said that yeah, about that, three or four times, but uh, quite striking, you know. Yeah, well, I think that's one of those things when you do sort of do work with you know, professional artists as opposed to trying to. I try and do a lot of stuff myself, but um, photoshopping skills very limited, <laughs> and and the, and the creativity that goes with it. Whereas obviously, when you go to the the real deal, it's just completely different beast. Whenever you get it back, it's like yeah, yeah. that's that's what we're after. Well, he was obviously able to uh, match your vision with what you were bringing out uh, musically. So, yeah, well, I think because I say obviously Travis Smith did a lot of work for all those sort of bands, no Nelson and all those sort of Caledonia, kind of as I mentioned. So I think he's that way, he's programmed that way anyway. And as am I, because they're some of my favorite bands. So I think yeah. it was very obvious that it was going to work, no matter what you know, because the themes are all pretty much the same sort of vibe. Yeah. Now, here's another thing I want to run by you. What do you think of vinyl? Have you any plans to bring out any vinyl at any stage? Um, we keep going back and forward on it. Um, I don't do the vinyl thing at all. I Me either. No <laughs> um, I see a lot of people you know, seem to collect it and spend a lot of time listening to it. Mm. Um, so I don't do that. Never never did. Even as a wee lad, it was always tapes and then CDs and now um, I tend to do digital. I'm this um, very same. But, yeah, but I know that people like it, and I love the idea of having a record out. You know, it's it's just like yeah, that's very very cool. Yeah. Um, so I did. It was sort of mentioned once in one of our blog posts on Instagram, and it kind of lit up a wee bit. And people were asking about it was the vinyl going to happen? Would you do it? So I am looking really really closely at it, um, but it's ludicrously expensive. Yeah, it's so, very very expensive. I can't, I haven't quite married that up in my head. Plus, um, we're not at a stage where we're going to sell a thousand pieces. Um, so again, it's, you know, if you're going to lower numbers that are acceptable to buy, again, it makes it more expensive. Yeah. And that's... I don't know, you'd be looking, we'd probably be looking at breaking even on it. If I did get it done, you know, you'd have to sell a hundred copies to even make any sort of money on it. Yeah. Any money back, you know, so... Like that's that that's the only thing that kind of held me back for years getting it done is this this the sheer expense and especially when you're, I suppose when you're not been when backed by a label or anyone else it's tough going. Like yeah, to, exactly. Um, well, Grantine Records are quite good. So again, that's my, my brother runs it, so he's he has coughed up a fair bit of money in the past for bits and pieces. Um, but there's no way in this earth I'm gonna get a vinyl out of him. Yeah, no, it's um, it's very expensive, and I mean, did I see um? Is it Bank Camper doing vinyl now or someone like that? Did you see that? Did you know? Yeah, that? we we contacted them. They were they were supposed to be doing um like some sort of Kickstarter type thing, um and it was in a sort of beta stage. And I emailed them and they, they emailed me back and were like, "Yeah, look, you guys fit the bill. You're on the list." Um, but I've never heard anything else back from them, so I don't know if they've decided not to bother or maybe I just have missed it. Um, mm. Should yeah, I'd be very interested to hear how that goes because if that if that's affordable for affordable, um, it could be an, an avenue for bands, you know, you know, you know, bands that aren't like aren't getting support, supported, like you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's a bit. It is a bit like I mean, a lot of bands got burned last year on the pledge thing. That's right. Um, yeah. So, um, there's something about the 
fades and Kickstarter thing that doesn't sit with me either. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the old man in me or what, but I'm kind of just like, so far we've always just put our money where our mouth is, just once yeah. I paid for it, duplicated it, and put it out there. And um, if people want it, they can come and get it. Yeah. I, I would I would be very like that as well. And I'd be reluctant to kind of ask people. And it's almost like asking for money, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's just... I don't know. It, it's, I, I don't know. It's weird. It's just there's something about it that's never appealed to me. You know, um, I appreciate the merits of it, and I know that from a marketing point of view, it does increase reach because the, the likes of Pledge had a big, you know, social media presence. And yeah. They're on their, their websites and all their emails and stuff. But again, it it all went upside down, and people lost thousands of pounds. You know, and uh, that's why I don't like relinquishing control with these things. Yeah. I'm, I'm a control freak anyway. Very true, very true. Listen, um, you don't, you guys don't, do you have any cassettes out or anything like that? Not yet, um, in terms of they're not released, but as an exclusive for you, I'm currently holding a cassette in my hand. Oh. Pressed and all, all cool. done. Cool, so, um, well done. Yeah, I'm going to go for a limited edition, um, and it's going to be put out. Um, we're doing a show in October with Stalsarg, like metal friends of ours over from England. Yeah. And... That show tape's gonna be available there and only there. Lovely, and is that the the new the last album, is it or? Yep, Wolves album. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really very cool. Well, that that kind of um kind of well, I was gonna ask you what you thought of cassettes as a, in in modern day, but obviously you think they're okay. <laughs> yeah, well, again, it's one of those things. I never, I've never put out a lot of this stuff. I do for the band. It's it's so completely selfish and narcissistic. <laughs> hmm. Um, I've never had a recording out in a cassette before and again it's affordable and it just looks really cool so I was like yeah, you know what let's just do this let's just put some cassettes out yeah you know, so we've got to reformat the cover to fit a cassette and you know it's the proper black tape with the white writing on it oh, cool. it right back to being 12 years old again and buying tapes I looked like the old. Uh... I don't even listen to them. Like, I've no intentions of probably listening ever. I still, I agree with you. Know, it's it's cool that to have your stuff out on multiple formats, for, like for your your own selfish self, it really is. I'd be the same. Yeah, you know, it's, it's literally all it is. I mean, it's just it's just ticking boxes off. You know, it's just. I mean, I do band. You know, ultimately it's for fun. It's to bring me enjoyment, and you know, I love all parts of being in a band. You know, playing live and all that, and recording, and you know, getting your stuff printed out and. As I say, I'm, I'm, if you say in multiple formats, it's just it's just really really cool. It's, it's fun. You know? Um, I was watching some of your vlogs there last night. They're they're very good. <laughs> oh, thanks very much. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're fun as well. Um, again, it's as much for I don't know about you, but the years gone by, I've done so many gigs and so many things, and I've no record of them at all. Yeah. You know, we've been things so honey for Christ across Europe, but I have no footage of, no photographs. You know. I'm, I'm, 43 next week my memory is fading of those times <laughs> so um the vlog thing it's cool you know it's, it's nice to have yeah and media and stuff again for people to see it but for me i routinely would go back and just look back over his stuff from a few years ago now and be like this is this is really cool i really remember that now yeah know? fair play like i mean if anyone's a, if anyone is a fan of the band it's a cool little kind of a, it's a cool little thing to be able to look at the, every now and again i think anyway it's great yeah well i sort of look at the band as if there was you know, if my favourite bands were doing those sorts of things, I'd be all over it. You know, if I could see behind the scenes of, you know, Anathema or My Damn Bride or something like that, yeah. I would be just all over it. You know, and a lot of bands um, just don't seem to utilise it or don't want to do it or, 
you know, I, I don't know. I think the closest thing would be like the behemoth. Nurgle's very active on Instagram. Yeah, he's always on it, yeah. <laughs> you know, but the video stuff, and I just find it so interesting to see, you know, the other side. Yeah. Um, what was I gonna say to you? Um, Jesus, I don't know what's wrong with me today. It's, it's the pressure. <laughs> it the is pressure. well dealing with a big star <laughs> like yourself. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you had a really good run in the last few years on the festival scene, actually, didn't you? Yeah, we did. We had we had a couple of absolute belters, like you know, and yeah. Norway, and obviously the Bloodstock thing. And- to London, um, Germany, Slovenia, you know, it was absolutely fantastic. It gives you a terrible taste for it, too. Yeah, I know. I, I know. It, but you are you are you are doing really, really good at it. So I mean, it's fantastic to see. And I always like I say it all the time on my podcast. It's great to see our own bands doing really, really well. So well done. Yeah, with. I mean, no, the Irish, the Irish things just really has um, lifted the bar. Yeah. The last few years, you know, so many bands doing like. Like staggeringly good things, you know, the likes of Dead Mabel. I mean, that's what they're up to is just absolutely incredible. They're amazing. You know? Yeah, they're really, um, really hard workers. Yeah, yeah well, exactly. And you, know, and you can see it. You can see that. I mean, their qualities of their stuff has always been there. Yeah. You know, well, ten years ago, their videos were like, oh my God, you seen the Dead Mabel video? Like, it's absolutely amazing. You know. And they um, work like that. I mean, but like, I'm gonna be honest with you, Andy. Like. It, it, the proof is in the pudding if the ba- the bands that are all getting kind of doing well they work hard they put the effort in and that's inclu- and you're included in that so do you know what I'm saying no that's good um, yeah well I, th- I think you have to I mean if you don't that's it going to come of it um, but no, it's really not easy yeah, look, yeah no I, th- I think I think if you do put the work in it does, it does pay off you know yeah. not everything as long as you stick at it something's going to happen yeah you know? that's it like I mean I know, Jesus. If, if like I've had ups and downs with my band over the last while, as I'm sure people know. Anyway, and uh, yeah. if if I had been able to be able to do a bit more, we probably would have gotten a bit better where we are. But sure, look, it is what it is, and that's why yeah, I acknowledge. Well, I yeah. That's why I acknowledge. Um, hard work pays off. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, two tales of what we're the same because you again one of the few bands that came up on the, the Belfast and obviously your own crowd you know mm. people got excited when they heard details of what we're playing oh yeah people that's specifically go and see you still our still our still our hometown the way that's the way i look at it you know what i mean well there is that exactly <laughs> absolutely <Yeah. laughs> um come here tell me who kind of who influence who influ- influences you as a frontman and as a maybe a, do you really are you are you the lyricist in the band yes yes I so who would pretty much as a frontman and then as a lyricist, who would kind of uh, influence you, if anybody that is now, of course? Um, frontman for me, oh no, it's easy. It's it, it, again, it's, it's, I'm just 15 years old when I'm on stage, so it's, it's James Hatfield. You know? Oh, cool. <laughs> it's James Hatfield, Max Cavalera. That would be always my two idols as a kid. You know, when I started playing guitar, I just wanted to be James Hatfield. You know, there's a reason, you know, the black t shirt, the black shirt, the black jeans. Yeah. It's, it's the, you know, Metallica, Metallica, you know. Year and a half of life, Metallica. Sort yeah. of live video. That's that's sort of that's where I am. Ah uh, well, I mean, he, in fairness, he's he's he is the one of the best, if not the best, at what he does. You know. Yeah, well, I say that at the time. I mean, that sort of I mean, when was that? Eighty two, eighty three, or something. Yeah. Uh, all the sort of really big videos that came out. Remember the the, the Russia Harvester Sorrow and oh, stuff wow. like that. But it was like, you know, that's just 
What was there? Nearly a million people at that or something there, wasn't there? Yeah, it was something ridiculous. <laughs> so stupid. Like. It, it was, yeah, it's that sort of era of, of James Hetfield. He was just the coolest bastard in the planet. And that's where he was at. That was uh, when he was, um, he was still on the sauce then, wasn't he? I probably was. Mm. But the rest of us, some of the, some of the best output when he's half cup. That's it. And, uh, and the same with Max Caballero. I remember seeing, I think they played in 94, maybe. maybe I can't remember exactly, in the Ulster Hall with Paradise Lost. Um, Max Caballero was just the coolest man on the planet. Deadly. You know, just absolutely lethal. So I think that, from a frontman point of view, that would be sort of where I would go to, like. Deadly. Um, Lyrically, it would be a lot of inspiration from. Yeah, I'm not totally sure. But my dying bride, Catatonia, would be part of it, but it wouldn't mm. be just as um, metaphorical with them, a bit more direct, maybe in some of the lyrics. Um, yeah. Do you have any kind of a. Did, like, do you have a look, like directions for your albums, or. As in, like, they're, they're not, like, kind of tamed, are they? Or, you know, like, you um, don't. No, I they would kind of be the concepts would be the wrong term to use um, yeah. definitely each album has its own group of tracks that fit together lyrically right. very specifically um, and again all, all my stuff is written very much from what's happening to me or those around me or things that I see you know, it's all very personal based right um, there's no fiction in there whatsoever um, so the likes of Anatomy Loss was a difficult time for everybody and there's no secret you know we love death in our band family yeah. and stuff like that so Anatomy Loss was just um, an exploration of the grieving process you know um, is it is it an illness should it be treated should it be left alone you know um, a lot of people seem to try and treat grief as some sort of you know illness rather than letting it run its course let it run its course yeah, yeah. you know um, obviously the whole mental health thing in the forefront at the moment absolutely um, so and then the, so that was for Anatomy Loss and then Whenever we did Wolves and Hideous White, it was um, sort of based around relationships and stuff like that. You know, I just got to see a few things with people I'm quite close to. And, mm. um, yeah, just basically failures in relationships and what happens. And that whole album was based around um, those sort of scenarios. Cool. So, yeah, kind, kind of concepting. Oh, yeah, no, it's nice to actually hear. I love, that's what I'm saying, when, I, when I'm talking to kind of fellow lyricists, it's nice to uh, hear what where, where their head's at as well, like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, lyrics are very important. Sorry? Lyrics are very important. Oh, absolutely. Do you know something? Sometimes I don't think people think that. You know, I think once they once they hear a, 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 a riff or something like that, sometimes yeah. I think lyrics are secondary to people. But, but I totally agree with you, you know? No, I, I think, for me personally, um, lyrics are right up there. You know, it's, it's a story um, designed to elicit an emotion for me. You know, when the music is the backdrop. Yeah. That story, and then that just all sets the mood. I mean, that's the way I listen to music. You know, um, I always liked that. Even when I was younger, like you know, you've got cassettes or whatever, and you open up, and it's like, oh, there's lyrics inside. Thank God. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> and you sat and you listened to this, the tape, and you just sat with the J card, you know, nine panels out, working your way through the words. You know, I used to hate that with early Slayer stuff. There was no words inside the speed. <laughs> I was like, oh, really, no words. <laughs> Aren't you? Are you kind of? You're not kind of glad that you didn't know all the early Slayer stuff, though. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm a, I'm a big Slayer fan. You know that, but like, uh, I suppose, I suppose half the fun was figuring them out, though, wasn't it? Really. Yeah, I know. I know. 
everyone needs to have arguments. <laughs> the actual words were, even even the bands were supposed to be legible, like Def Leppard. Yeah, know? yeah. We can work out exactly what was being said. I have to say now, um, like I, I I do like I like it a bit of death metal as well, and I like I like to know what's been sung about before, because you know, like I like my favorite death metal vocalist is Dave Vincent, like you know. Yes, absolutely, the um, master. Yeah, he's oh. excellent as well. Though. Sorry. You know, his diction of the words. Is yeah. Excellent. You know, you, you can hear, you can really understand what he's saying. What I try to aim for from our vocals. Yeah. Point of view as well. And he's got a, it's it's the, the yeah again the, like as you say the it's the clarity and it's there's still an aggression there, that um yeah oh I mean it's pure guttural but you you really can't make the words out no it's it's quite a talent <laughs> yeah that's I know I don't I don't do an awful lot of heavy vocals, but I would have, I would have kind of mo- not necessarily modelled my heavy vocals but, um tried I always tried to get like a happy medium between Dave Vincent and, and Chuck Billy's heavy vocal, so. <laughs> Yeah. I know it's a fucking yeah. weird mix, but it's I what I hear in my my head is like that. I again, I just when I'm doing uh, because my obviously my heavy vocals are a lot different to yours, yeah. and um, it's it's the way I would like to hear is to be able to hear what I'm singing all the time, all the time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do like. I mean, one of my favorite death metal vocals is uh, Chris Barnes on Calvary. Oh, brilliant! And you can't make out a word. Not a fucking word, mm. you know. It is just noise, but again, it just it just sets the tone of that album up so well. Like, yeah, you know, like that. Yeah, there's there's like some vocalists' tone does it for you rather than what they're singing yeah, well, about. I mean, likes of him, um, Glenn Benton to a degree. You know, it's almost an instrument. You know, you know Glenn Benton's vocals, but he's I love a, he's all the a vicious stuff he does. You know, I love that. Um, when Saint lives, that isn't that the live album. Oh my god. Yeah. Fuck me. He's vicious on that, and like like that, you, you can't really hear what he's singing, but as you say, it's the approach and the attack. Fucking yeah. hell! I know. I saw them play. Was it Hellfest last time I was over? Two or three years ago, when they closed the whole festival. Wow! They just fucking, they just fucking hammered through about twenty-two tracks. I mean, it was a pure best of. Jesus! It was absolutely lethal. Because I wasn't expecting them to play. It's a bit of a reputation for, you know, buying out last minute and having problems and stuff. You know, huh. but nope. Totally on the money and hammered it. Absolutely nailed it. Deadly. Phenomenal live experience. Like you know, definitely go and see them again. Like absolutely mm. brilliant. Um, <clears throat> just bring back to you live again. Um, what do you, what what's some of your favorite gigs that you've played, and then some that you've seen? So throw some of them um, out at me. Playing wise, uh, there's two gigs always stick in my head. Um, maybe three, probably three. I think when we did Inferno in Norway. That was just an amazing experience yeah. overall because it was the first um, festival we did. It was Inferno in Norway, which is like just immense for us. Like you know, it was just just one of the most prestigious things I could ever imagine doing. Like you know, yeah. Um, so that that was a fantastic experience, and it was a really strong crowd at that. And yeah, it was just brilliant. Another one um, we played Edinburgh uh, year last year, the year before, I can't okay. remember, and. Small venue, Opium in Edinburgh. Really, really cool venue. Quite small, not a massive crowd, far from it. But um, we played for nearly an hour. You know, we did our set, and I did an encore, and yeah, we just—it was just one of those magical gigs where everyone was really into it. Deadly. And that, that always stands out in my mind. And then the final one would have to be Melody's, just because it was absolutely enormous. <laughs> yeah. Outside. 
band that that play had it out thousand two thousand people or something. It was it was brilliant. Did you use um, the whole experience? Did you do the main stage on that one? No, we were on the second stage. Right. Okay. Now, because just did you see the did you see the drone for which the Tenton Slope put up from there? Yes. When they were, the, the main geez. stage is just ludicrous. It's ludicrously big. Yeah, you could put an orchestra on that. It really hit me how big it is because I remember Ten Ton Slug had a backdrop, and I remember thinking, "Yeah, I thought that backdrop was pretty big." Nah, they're, they're just about getting away with that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then I saw Ten Ton Slug at Bloodstock, and the backdrop covered the entire <clears throat> width of his new blo- or the Sophie stage. That's right, yeah. Like it was barely high enough. The stage was barely high enough to get the whole logo in. <laughs> I was like, "What size is the stage in metal days?" Yeah, obviously it's... it's been like, but um, I, I couldn't believe it. But no, we did the second stage, and it was it was the one that's sort of in a forest rather than in yeah. The big oh, was that cool? I said it was cool, was it? It was amazing. You know, it was never we walked in because there was a whole backstage thing going on, and there were two drum kits, and they were both on um, risers that wheels. So guy was brought over and was like, "Here is your drum kit, and here is a list of here's a heap of stands and everything you need. Just build your own kit." <laughs> so he had an hour to build his own drum kit, Brilliant. and then it was wheeled on the stage for him. You know, well, it was the same with the guitar amps. You know, it was like, well, what do you want? It's like there's a mess on stage, and it was like, I'm not familiar. I'm used to thirty one fifty. Oh yeah, we'll we'll get you one of those. We'll be right back. You know, <laughs> Deadly. Back. You know, and it was the experience was just phenomenal. Yeah, the so, sounds like they look after you in metal days. No, they, they really do. They, they treat you like an absolute rock star. You know, you you don't have anything to want for, and it was so well run that. Uh, I think all the bands are just especially relaxed because of it, and then everyone plays better. It was one of the, the few gigs where I just went straight into the zone as soon as you started. It usually takes me two or three songs to yeah. settle down. Um, no, so chilled out, just straight into it. Fantastic. Yeah. Again, it's one of the most enjoyable ones. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I'd love to try and get a shot at that at some point, to be deadly, like, you know? Yeah, it's fantastic. In yeah. terms of gigs that I've been to, which I think would have been to see lately, um, I think the last one that I particularly enjoyed was Lord of the Lost. Do you know them at all? No, where are they from though? Sort of, uh, they're German, sort of goth rock sort of band. Um, they were sort of not really very well known from what I can gather until recently. Mm. Um, I went over to Glasgow to see them and yeah, just absolutely hammered and two hours. Amazing set, absolutely fantastic. They brought all their, must have had a van and stuff over all their backline, all their effects and and the light and show and just their live performance was just down to the minute. It was just fantastic. And then by the time the end of the year finished, you could see their show starting to sell out as it progressed through the UK. And then they found a thousand people in London, like by the time they finished their own tours, like so. Deadly. Um, but yeah, really good band. Lord of Lost would. How do you recommend if you're in the goth rock at all? Check it out. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> and. Uh... And any other uh, gigs over the years that you really liked as well, like that you still remember? Or um, I think Slayer and the Ulster Hall, ninety four, um, always a standout one. Slayer, Machine Head, and Downset, and it was just as Machine Head had hit with Davidian and all that carry on. Burn my yeah. eyes all, and I specifically remember, you know, Davidian and the Ulster Hall was just a killing match. Um, <laughs> And then Slayer headlined, and that would have been one of my favourite Slayer albums here. That was uh, Divine Intervention. Divine Intervention, yeah. And so it was bossed off on drums and all the vines and stuff all around the, the drum kit. Looked like a sort of concentration camp sort That's of That's right, yeah. I was at that, and, uh, the, the, they played here in the SFX on that tour. Yeah. That was my... Up with Kelly that was, Fields and it was just 
Yeah. I know. I was so happy when they opened it that like my, my mates were all like, yeah. "What are you gonna open with?" And I was like, "Killing fields." And they're like, "No, they won't. They can't open with that." And they did. Oh, they did, and it was bloody amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And never forget that. Like, um, you ever hear? So, so many gigs now, you know. Yeah. Did you ever hear the story sort of about when they ones. when that they that gig in the SFX? Um, I think Machine Head's sound engineer fucked off, and there was no sound guy for. Machine head set and it was just noise like it was mental like. Oh, oh no. Yeah, pure yeah. fucking noise like. I don't know what happened. I know again a long, long time ago, but uh, I remember it was just like just pure fucking noise like you know. Fuck! It was all the Manson Belfast life. From what I remember, anyway, I was very young. Are you um excited about this whole twenty fifth anniversary Machine Head thing or? Um, I don't really have any sort of leggings for Machine Head at all I don't really it sort of passed me over a wee bit I quite enjoyed like I say that gig I really enjoyed it because mm. the is no doubt a cracker song um, but pre and post that I have no idea what Machine Head doing I don't even know yeah that's I don't know <clears> albums coming out I, I know nothing about them never listened to them really that's probably the only album I ever liked of them <laughs> yeah I remember getting it um, I don't know where I'm or I taped it or whatever and they say Davidian great track um Old, I think it's that album too, yeah, yeah. Vaguely. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, it's one of those things, just not a style of music I'm particularly into. No, um, the vocals never really worked for me, so it's say by three or four tracks, then I'd kind of, I don't know, so that was just my sort of taking like, machine head, you know. Would you be a, would you be a huge fa- uh, Slayer fan? Um, not a huge, I wouldn't say a huge fan. I definitely have select albums that I really, really like. Yeah, um, what's your, what's your go to albums honest. for Slayer? Um, Probably Rain and Blood or Divine Intervention. Mm-hmm. My two favourite Slayer albums. I don't really like um, South of Heaven, which pleases <gasps> people a lot. Oh, um, don't say that I to know, me. I know, I know. I'm the worst metal in the world. I hate heavy metal. I don't. <laughs> half, the, half, half the classic stuff I can't stand. Like, I don't like Motorhead. I don't like Black Sabbath. Don't, don't like say that on my fucking podcast. Jesus. I know. I know. I don't like Iron Maiden. I don't really like a lot of Metallica. You know, it's just. Yeah. Um, oh, my Jesus. <laughs> Little those classic bands. I've seen them all live as well. Like, you know, and I'm like, nope, seen it live, got it taped. No, I don't like it. Ozzy Osbourne, no interest. <laughs> yes, not really. Like, not at all. Really don't like this. Wow, don't uh, say that, man. I know. So I, I was like, despair of me. I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm not like this. Um, so. I would have loved, actually, a better production for Divine Intervention. I don't know if, how you feel about that. Really? Yeah. I think that. No, I, I know. Of, I know it's. I it it kind of sounds of its time. I know that, but I don't know. I'd love to hear a bit more, a bit better production or something. I don't know. I don't know. I I, I love the sound of it because it was around. Because I remember reading something. I don't know if it's true or made this up somewhere along the line. That was the same patches as they used for somebody with Chaos AD. Is that what you're when it came out? Really? It was a ride. It was a ride between the guitars. With the guitar tones because they're both the same guitar tone. Oh really? Well, Patch. that would kind of make. Listen to them. I can sort of, I can sort of hear it now when I listen to the two yeah. albums, you know, back yeah. to back. Or yeah. Um. Now that you mention so, it, yeah. So I think because the, the Chaos AD was the production on it was a bit off the wall when I remember when it came out. It was like, whoa, what is this? This is really yeah. weird. But when you compare it's it to a Royce, you know what I mean? Oh, I was a million miles away. Yeah. You know, everything about it was a million. I'm a big fan of Chaos AD. It was I think it's a cracker album. Um, but it was definitely a big departure for them. Big time, yeah. The, the beginning of the end, as far as I'm concerned. But... Well, that's it. I mean, 
But look, at least, you know what? At least these bands want to try something. Like, you can't fault them for wanting to try something different, you know? You know? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And some bands get away with it, and other bands really don't. And other bands try it and then go back, which I don't quite get. You know, I remember yeah. Anathema. I don't know if you're familiar with them. But yeah, they yeah. Were, they were full on guttural vocal and doom, like proper, what I would call doom, like, I know. Um, and then they turned into, I don't know what they call it now. I mean, is it pop music. Pop yeah, and it's and it's I like it. I I think it's absolutely brilliant. And the transition was was magnificent to watch. Yeah. And then my damn bride brought out thirty four point seven eight eight percent complete, which was a real departure for them. And again, I think it's a brilliant album. You know, it's got a quite a lot of synthy stuff in it. Yeah. Stuff, and you know, and then they must have freaked out because the reaction was a bit adverse, and they went straight back and uh, oh no, here's our old logo back. And <laughs> that again and again, let the end of the world, great album, but. It would have been great to see where they would have went more of that sort of avant-garde sort of experimental stuff yeah but they didn't artists lost the same brought out host fantastic album mm. and then sort of bald kind of bent backwards and now they completely went back to where they began kind yeah of. what do you think of um <clears throat> icon icon's a good album though isn't it oh, icon's fantastic yeah icon, it's it's a god oh um, paradise lost lost paradise they have some fantastic albums, they really do. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Host. I think Host's Cracker. Mm. I love that album. I, I, still can't, I still can't get my head around the fact that Nick Holmes is frontman for uh, Bloodbath now. No, and it's, it's not, I don't think it works at all. I've seen them several times with Nick Holmes on vocals. And it doesn't seem right, it doesn't. Just don't, I just don't think it works as well as vocal. It just doesn't seem to tie in as well as um, Agerfeld or Peter mm. Targan. Yeah. Peter was just the best ever. So he was. He well, I mean, no one was gonna top that, like. I think. Uh, I don't think. Um, Felt's mind was fully on blood bad ever. That's the way it came across, anyway. You know. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think that was. I don't know whether that was kind of the idea to have sections of vocalists or what the plan was. You know. Mm. Um. But yeah, just as I said, I've seen. I've seen Bloodbath a few times with Nick on vocals, and I think I saw his first one. I think it was Inferno. Deadly. And he had the he had the lyrics page on front of him and was turning pages over when he was singing and I was so <laughs> it's not really it's not really working for me. You know? He he's after losing his fucking growl, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, but it's a sh- oh, they're like a totally different band now, oh pet, they really are. I again one of those bands that I'm familiar with but never really get into on any level. I just never listen to them. Yeah, I know, I used to love the the re- like death the the death metal stuff the heavy stuff yeah it's got a <laughs> oh and now it's phenomenal yeah and it's totally gone now it's mad like is it does he not do any of it at all now he tries to uh, you should look up some uh, videos of him from the last couple of years it's oh it's just not as strong as it once no, was no it's not and I I mean I, I do f- I feel if, if, if you're not doing what you used to be able to do then don't do it you know it's just that's just my opinion, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think about fans like that. Like, anyone off fans that sort of lost their vocal? I know, like the likes of um, like you know, all the older bands, they'll they'll tune down when they're when they're playing, but uh, as like yeah. say Rob Halford say, they tune down so he can still kind of hit some sort of a pitch. Oh really? I didn't know that. Uh, Man of War, Dio. I know then they're all singing. I know they're singing bands, but um, yeah, well, same idea. 
Yeah, because yeah, I can't market. like that. I can't think of any <laughs> other. I can't think of any other heavy, uh, heavy vocal bands, who the vocal have the vocalist has lost. That really, you know what I mean? Yeah, I because I mean that's like I said, I saw Dare say and it was, it was bang on the money. Like, yeah, he's not a young man. Well, there you go, and he is. Well, he's he's the devil himself, like you know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, tell me this. Uh, what what are your uh, gigging plans at the moment? Have you got any? What's up for the rest of the year going on? Um. Yeah, well, it's sort of once um, October kicks in, it all starts to start again. Um, September's been quite quiet. Um, 12th of October is our next one um, in Limerick. We're supporting Gutshot Dawn. Cool. John was kind enough to have us down for that one, so looking forward to it. Um, then we have Belfast on the 19th of October, which is going to be the cassette release for Stelsard. We're bringing them over from England. Lovely. And over to the UK on the 25th of October for three dates with Tide to Sulphur, UK sludge band, maybe up your street actually. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so, yeah, we're doing London, Rotherham, and then Swansea. We'll have Gizzard Fest 3 in the middle of that, so that's sort of October shaping up nicely. Lovely. And then we we'll stuff coming up in the year, but um, all getting that sort of stuff confirmed and to be arranged, I suppose. Excellent. Um, October's a good month for us. Deadly. Um, the UK. The, the English seem to love our, our, our bands over there, don't they? Yeah, we've, we've always done very well in the UK. Mm. Um, in the mainland, always very enjoyed. And a lot of cool friends over there that routinely sort of bring us back. with the Uprising Festival guy, um, Simon Yarwood. Oh, Simon's a good man, yeah. Stuff, you, know, you know Simon. He's a great guy. He's been extremely supportive of the crawling, you know, from a very early stage. Yeah. And uh, always looks after us very well and brings us over and stuff to Leicester. Uh, met, a, met a lot of friends around there, so... It's a good yeah. place for us. Yeah, so we, so we I'm looking pl- forward to playing London. I've never played London before in my life, so I'm really thrilled about being in London. Where are you playing? Terrified at twenty fifth of October in the day of. Lovely. Yeah. So looking forward to that. Terrified of going over because I've never played London. I know there's like a million things going on every night in London, but. Uh, That's your focus. Go and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, well, you won't try it, don't you? But it's definitely one of those things again. Just taking all the box. It was like I have played London. No. Here's... Remember, do, you remember, do you remember Brinskill Bombay? Oh yeah, of course, yeah. I remember seeing them. I, I loved that band. They were fantastic. <laughs> um, used to always see they used to always play in London and stuff. I just thought it was like they had, they had just totally made it, like because they had been over to play London again from the band. <laughs> from, I don't know where they were from. They carry or somewhere weird. Yeah, they were from the country. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. They used to play play Dublin a lot. I remember uh, back in the day. They played yeah, a good bit. Guys, play with them. Once, I think. I remember they hooked them up and played. I was at a bar in Belfast one night and they were going through the sort of, remember their Hellraiser sort of phase? Oh, yeah, Jesus. And they just, they looked the business like, and it was really dark music before they went into the kind of like, more BB side of it, you know, a bit more trancey or whatever, mm. whatever they were doing. But they, they were fucking lethal. They and were back in the day, yeah. Remember them playing, playing London, it was class. So you've, you've a lot coming up anyway in for the rest of the year, anyway, to keep you going. Yeah, but if, yeah, enough to keep us busy. Um, yeah, just just trying to think of fun things to do. You know, just, <laughs> I like that live. Live's always good. Yeah, that's it. Bring my new camera with me and the tape out. Still have to decide about this vinyl thing. Not quite sure if I want to remortgage or not for it. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling you would get enough people on board to do it. I think you might. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I must be charged for a vinyl. I mean, can you charge fifteen quid for a vinyl? I have no idea. I'm bad. Well, I, I, funny enough, I just bought. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, Alison Chains Dort on LP today, and it was okay, twenty twenty two euro. Twenty two euro. Yeah, 
So that'll give you an idea. And that's a that was a basic kind of a normal, you know, no no special release or anything like. Yeah, and is that is that just because again I know nothing of the terms? Is that just like a sleeve or is that gatefold or? Yeah, no, just a sleeve, just a sleeve. Yeah, because that that's all. Like, only if we were to do it, the format would have to be black record into the white thing, into the cardboard thing, print on it. Yeah. <laughs> my technical terms. I know it's it. You know, I'd love. Yeah, it'd be great to have the money to to design it exactly the way you'd like it. Like you know. Yeah, um, I don't know why I'd have to go back to Travis Smith to get the. Cover blown up yeah. bigger or would it fit? Um, oh, I don't know. I'm sure he'd be able to help you with that. Yeah. Shrinking it down to tape was dead easy. It <laughs> work. And actually, the print might better than the CDs, just looking at up here, which is kind of disappointing, but kind of better. Yeah, yeah. I have something I'm going to throw at you, actually. Uh, it just kind of came up there. With the whole Brexit thing coming in, now I'm not going to go on about Brexit, don't worry. <laughs> But because you're in in Northern Ireland, like, do you think it's is it it's a, is it going to really affect kind of sales for you guys, or um, have you thought about it, or I've thought about it and then I try not to because I, I don't I don't really follow politics mm. because I just don't understand it. I'm just not intelligent enough to understand how companies work and the economics work. Um, obviously, in part in the vote, you know. <laughs> um, I'll not go into that, but no. um, you know, I tried to educate myself. I voted accordingly, and then obviously the votes came out of what's happening. happening. Hmm. But uh, I, I, I just don't really understand how it's going to affect us. You keep seeing the horror stories being posted on Facebook, and you know, oh, it's, you're going to get charged for this. It's going to cost a billion pounds doing that. Yeah. Um, I am friendly with promoters up here. I'm my best mate with the Distortion Project, and I know there has been an impact with touring bands. You know, I know that for a fact. That certain bands are holding off to see what happens you know yeah. workers are afraid to book bands in case they all of a sudden get hit with these massive fees from out of nowhere coming and then which cripple promoters um will it affect us at the crawling at our level i i can't see it um but i, I, I don't i don't know i'll not know until we start trying to move out over borders and stuff you know? yeah I don't think anyone's going to know until it happens. That's I suppose not, no. Like, that's it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm even wondering, like, like, is it going to, you know, like, if you play a gig down south, do you know what the, all this kind of stuff, like, like, or if we play a gig up north, our bands like us going to be fucking screwed? Do you know, like, it's Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, is it, I, I don't know. It depends what way they treat the border. I mean, are they really going to stick people on the border and search a van or a car? I mean, what's that, a guitar? You're in a yeah. point. You would hope not. You know, I mean, it, it happens in America. You know, if you fly to America with a guitar, you're you're not getting through. Simple as that. Without getting grilled about why you're there, and you'll get pulled for a working visa and sent home. It's mad, isn't you it? You know. So I I would be surprised if it got that strict, but that's kind of the way they're talking. Yeah. You know? Hopefully, it doesn't get to that stage. No, um, I can't see it. In terms of moving to Europe and stuff, we're lucky because we can just drive down and leave out of Dublin. Yeah. You know? Happy days. Dublin passports. So I think if you're leaving from an EU country in the EU, it, it'll be fine. You know, the problem is, I presume, would be if we flew out of Northern Ireland as part of the independent UK, would be the issues. Um, but again, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, like, like half of my band is up north now as well, so. <laughs> uh. Yeah, well, I mean, I've no idea. People say, but oh, quick, get an Irish passport, that'll solve everything, or at least we have the, we have the option to do both. 
Yeah. Um, so I'm presuming if we had Irish passports and left from Dublin, you're part of the EU and you're leaving from the EU and staying within the EU, I, I can't see it being an issue, but I don't know if that's a fact or, mm. you know, that's it's cheating, but it's not going to work. I suppose, like, it's, like you say, it's we'd have to wait and see and see what happens. Yeah. I know. I, th- I think it will, I think it will affect the bigger bands. Yeah. Coming over here. Yeah. Well, that just means that the ba- the locals will have to come out and see the local bands more now. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I know. It could be the start of. Oh, it's just, it's just another era, isn't it? It's just another transition <laughs> in the metal scene, and we'll just get to sort of stand back and watch. That's it. I'm not sure there'll be anything positive coming from it. That's to be honest. That's my gut feeling. I don't no, think it, it, like, yeah, I can't see anything positive coming out of it. But look. Like you said, let's let's see. First of all, if they can fucking sort it out. <laughs> yeah. Rolling on and rolling on, but um, let's not go on about Brexit. Let's talk about something interesting. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Before we're gonna wrap it up in a minute, Andy, and I want to just say yep. thanks very much for doing this. Um, no, thanks for having me on. It's absolutely. Great. But before you go, before you go, give me your top five albums. I'm not in any order. Sorry. So. Top five. Now they can be metal, they can be any music you want, whatever. Yep, okay. Yeah, so that's a good one off the top of your head. Mm. Um, immediately springs to mind would be My Damn Bride, Turn Loose the Swans. Amazing. Definitely one of my top albums of all time. Um, Behemoth, The Satanist. That's Never a good been in rotation lately. It's a good album. Um, Marduk, Victoria. Listen to that quite a bit. Um, at the moment, I'm really enjoying Whitechapel, The Valley. Oh, very really cool, yeah. Yeah. That's a really good album, and what was I just, I think I was just the other day, yeah, stuck on. It's just, uh, these are just albums really gravitating towards them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, was, I was on holiday, and it was sunny, and I put on All About Eve, Scarlet, and Other Stories, and oh. I thoroughly enjoyed that album. I haven't listened to it in years. Cool. And I've, I've listened to it again since I came home, because it just resonated with me again. So, that's not necessarily my top five, top five on the planet, but... Yeah, but that's uh, your top five right now. <laughs> That's where I am right now. Turn Loose the Swans will always be number one. It's cool. One of the finest Doom Dev call whatever. I even love that fucking like, album. My God, it's, it's amazing. It is. Absolutely. I will never forget buying it on cassette. Um, used to buy it on the way home from school, buying the cassettes. And on the bus, straight on the Walkman, and hit play. And I started off with the piano. And I was like, what the fuck? What is this? Because <laughs> it's just the first song, Sear Me, it's just piano and vocals, you know? Yeah. And then, do you remember the Walkman had the auto-reverse button? Yeah. Do you remember? You could flip it over. Absolutely. And I was like, what, what am I listening to here? So I got a song halfway through it, hit the auto-reverse, and the last song's Black God, which is also sort of keyboard and vocal. Mm. And I thought, oh my God, this whole album is like this. <laughs> so, I'll never forget that. But yeah, top album. It is. It's a fantastic album. A good choice, by the way. Very good fucking choice. Right. Uh, I think I've kept you for long enough. <laughs> yeah, that was brilliant. I wasn't laughing in either. No, it was actually alright. So, uh, one second. Um, thank you very much for coming on to the show. <laughs> no, thanks for having me. Thoroughly enjoyed that. And, uh, yeah, it was good. And um, just where could we get you on the band camp and Facebook and all that kind of stuff? Yep, just the crawling band. If you type that into anything, it'll bring it all up. Um, Facebook, band camp, and our YouTube channel. And if you're doing the YouTube thing, Get on it, search for us, and be sure and subscribe, hit the bell, and all that sort of stuff. Because we do, we're pretty active on YouTube. So, excellent. Okay, Andy, listen, thank you very much. Um, 
I can't wait to see. Uh, I, uh, hopefully, this vinyl thing comes about, comes about. <laughs> I know this is more chat about it. This is very dangerous. Because the more I talk about it, the more people think it's going to happen. <laughs> hey, if if you want to see so, the, the crawl and bring out vinyl, let them know. <laughs> yes, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Right, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna sign off here. Um, uh, thanks, Andy, for coming along. No problem. Thanks very much um, for having me. Uh, guys, I will talk to you again real soon. Adios.